This is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, exclusively on the Bun 2.0, KBUN-FM 104.5. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors is sponsored by DS Beverages, Paul Bunyan Country's distributor of Anheuser-Busch and Budweiser, by Northern Surplus Northern Outdoors in downtown Bemidji, and Bonded Lock and Key, your home for Liberty Gun Safes. Well, today on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, we have Tara Hokuff joining us once again. Uh, now the head of Tara Hokuff Outdoors. Welcome back, Tara. <laughs> Thanks for having me back. It's always fun. So tell me about Tara Hokuff Outdoors. <laughs> what, what, what is that? So at this point, Tara Hokuff Outdoors is just a social media platform. And right now, I don't have the profound number of followers that some influencers do. Um, but ultimately, I want it to be a place where I can bring what I'm doing in the outdoors to the general public and kind of encourage other women to get out in the field and try their hand at something new. And, and you're kind of tied in with North Country Guide Service on this. Yeah, yep. I've I've worked for North Country Guide Service for a couple years now, and ultimately we'd like to see, I don't know if collaboration is the right word, but what we'd like to see at North Country Guide Service is an arm of it to be dedicated to women in the outdoors. So having some leaders in that area that can take women out in the field and have a non-threatening, safe, fun adventure, women's only. Okay, so you're looking at really a women's hunting trip. Yeah, yeah, that would be, you know, hunting or fishing or foraging. Um, they do a lot of uh, great things. And, and just to be able to offer those experiences specifically to women and maybe kids, the mentoring. Mentoring is something that I'm really passionate about. I would really like to be able to help other women do what I do. Okay. Well, what do you do? Oh, goodness. <laughs> um, if, I can, if I can learn something new, I do it. Um, I'll give you an example, and it's at the forefront of my mind because I was sitting in a deer stand yesterday with a muzzle loader, and I've never done that. So I think just just being brave enough to try something and knowing you don't have to know everything about the outdoors to get out there and experience it. Um, but I, I hunt, I hunt big game, um, grouse, ducks, geese. I am really getting interested in foraging. Um, so wild edibles, mushrooms, stuff like that. Fishing. You can't live in Bemidji and not fish. So I'm dying to get out on the ice. I haven't yet, but yeah, anything, anything I'm able to, I, I want to get out there and try. So outdoors is something that's been a big part of your life, really, from the time you were born. Absolutely. I was blessed enough to be born into a family where it's important um, and grew up in the woods and playing, climbing trees and making mud soup instead of sitting in front of an Xbox or something. <laughs> and and it just kind of stayed with you. Yes. Yep. And I hope to pass it down to my girls, too. I've got two little girls, and, and I think having them really really sparked the passion to to be able to spread this this passion to other people. <laughs> Do they seem to be interested in this stuff? The girls? Yeah. Well, they're four and one. Okay. So the one-year-old is definitely into the mud soup. Um, the four-year-old, she watched me clean ducks this fall. There was no ew and yuck, and, and she knows where her meat's coming from, and, and that's cool to me. Okay. So... North Country Guide Service, um, why are they interested in this? Um, I partnered with them just to try and get a female on board, a female face, a f hopefully a friendly face. Um, and they understand it's an area where we don't have a lot of representation in the hunting and fishing world. 
and they want to change that. Um, Matt Brewer, um, Matt Brewer of North Country Guide Service has a daughter. He's got two kids, but he's got a daughter, and he brings her out with her, him hunting, fishing. She gets to do all the adventures. So I think, I think it's an area we just need more influence. Yeah, I, I mean, I know many women who hunt. I know many more who fish, but still, it is perceived as a pretty much a man's world. Definitely, definitely, and it probably always will be. But we can sure inch our way in there a little more <laughs> every day. All right. So, uh, and and just kind of give us the the genesis. I mean, I know you're interested in this, and but but what made you just actively? Was it just having daughters that made you actively say we gotta we gotta do this? Daughters and friends and aunts and grandmas and moms. <laughs> I I got sick of the stereotype that the guys go to the hunting shack and the girls go shopping. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm I like shopping certainly at times, but. I, I want the adventures too. And so I've just been given the ability through North Country Guide Service and Extreme Huntress and the Well-Armed Woman and these other things that have been put before me to to try and springboard and really make things happen. As you've been more actively involved in this, are you finding barriers? Um, I think the only barrier for me is I'm I'm not super good at social media. <laughs> and realistically, you have to be nowadays. You have to you have to put yourself out there. And I'm getting better. I come on the radio with you. So, um it's it's a growth for me as well. I'm also trying to onboard some other females through the Well-Armed Woman and staying in contact with people at Extreme Huntress so that I can learn from from the females who've been doing it in the field a lot longer than I have. And we'll get into those two uh, topics a little bit later, a well-armed woman and extreme huntress. Are you finding resistance from males in this, or are they excited about this? The only males that have been resistant to anything have been the social media trolls, the ones that show up and, oh, why don't you just go get hamburger from Walmart? No, that's not, you know, that's not what this is about. But everybody who knows me or knows what I'm doing, anybody who matters in my life is beyond supportive for sure. Okay. So I'm lucky. Do you out hunt and out fish your, your husband? Is it a good battle between Oh my gosh, I try. <laughs> I'll tell you this summer, he definitely outfished me. Um, and we're both without venison in our freezer. So we'll see. We're both out muzzle loading. I always try and beat him. We will see if I do this year. Now, I, and, and I'm not here to get your life story of your romance, but I mean, obviously that's a, that's a, a common thing you have in common that a lot of couples don't. Definitely. I, I, my first deer I successfully harvested was the first year we were dating. So I hunted growing up, but I never had one pass by that I could actually take. And um, so that was, uh, you know, put a little heart around your deer hunting picture. I don't know. It's, uh, it's a passion we both enjoy. We make time for. We, he teaches me. He's muzzle loaded for a long time. So he was able to do some teaching yesterday before we went out in the deer stand and it's just another level of our relationship, which is really awesome. More of the great outdoors with Kev Jackson next on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, sponsored by DS Beverages, Bonded Lock and Key, and Northern Surplus Northern Outdoors. Check us out at kbunsportsradio.com. 
click on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, and you can subscribe to the podcast on Podcast One and iTunes. Tara Hokup is our guest. We are talking about her new entity, Tara Hokup Outdoors, along with the growth of women and girls in outdoor sports and shooting sports. Well, certainly we've seen a lot of growth and equality, whether it be sports of any sort, outdoor stuff with women in the last 20, 30 years. Growing up, was there any resistance that you noticed? I'm sure there was, but I didn't notice it, to be honest with you. Um, Even even growing up, I guess the friends I had were a lot like me. Growing up in Hibbing, Minnesota, most of us hunted, at least in my social circle. So I know it's out there, and I know it's something that women battle and battle hard sometimes. Sometimes they have people in their direct family that they think they're crazy for hunting. Um, but thankfully, I haven't, I haven't had to fight those battles. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about the well-armed woman. What is the well-armed woman? So the well-armed woman is, um, there's shooting chapters all over the, the United States. There's actually 11,000 members in total right now in 49 states, and there's 372 chapters total, Bemidji being one of the brand new ones. Okay. Um, so I was researching um, the well-armed woman, and the closest chapters I could find were two, two-plus hours away. And I wanted to change that, so I got in touch with the company and started a Bemidji chapter of the Well-Armed Woman. And the whole purpose is to make women more comfortable with firearms, to educate, equip, and, and empower women both in the field, in like hunting sports, but also in self-defense. You know, when, when your husband's away working on the pipeline, what do you do? Do you have a bat by your by your bed at home? How do you protect yourself? Um, but also just safe handgun handling if it's not you, you know, if they are in your house, you should know how to how to handle them safely. So it's about education, and it's it's a coming together of women who are like minded and want to have fun. Okay. <laughs> um, so, how often do you meet, and how many uh, people are involved right now? So we, the Bemidji chapter, officially meets. We our meeting night is once a month, the second Thursday of every month. Um, usually it's a shooting component plus an education component, but due to our geographical region, we lack sunlight <laughs> and we have lots of cold. So these winter months will be some planning meetings, um, going forward, but normally second Thursday every month from 530 till 630 is our meeting night. And then we will have additional events, especially in the summer. We want to put together some women only, maybe like three gun shoots. Um, there's a turkey shoot that the, that the range out there does that we could get involved with too. So really the sky's the limit. It's a brand new chapter and the women that are involved, there are 13 of us now already, which is fantastic. Um, we get to make it what we want, so it's it's really exciting. So you meet uh, the second Thursday of every month um, at 5.30 where? At the Bemidji Area Shooters Association. So the shooting range just north on 89, three miles on the west side of the highway. Okay. Is there a, is there a cost to be involved in this? So you can attend the first meeting free of charge, um, just kind of see what it's about and talk with us. Then to attend additional meetings, the membership is $50. 15 of that does go directly into our kitty to support our chapter for our insurance later. And, um, you know, if we want to buy new targets or anything specific to our chapter. Okay. What are you 
finding with the women who have joined this club? Where are they? Are they, are they newbies? Are they experienced people like you? <clears throat> that That is a great question, and the answer surprised me. So we have we have all ranges. I really thought it would draw only those professional level or been doing it my whole life level gun handlers. Um, but I would say we're probably 75% of the people have only ever shot one type of gun or have never shot any guns, but they're really interested and never had a platform to be able to, to learn um, or to do those things. So I would say it's, it's probably 75% newbies, 25% experienced mentor level type shooters okay and they seem enthusiastic very yeah if i think if we could meet every single week they would be happier but (laughs) realistically nobody can do that um everybody's really excited and i think part of the excitement comes from knowing they can help plan what's coming down our schedule so every month I ask, you know, what they'd be interested in, um, revolver 101, semi-automatic 101, um, how to clean your gun, how to tactically move within your house with a handgun safely, things like that. And they get to kind of choose a majority rules at this point on what we're going to do the next month. So I think, I think having the ability to help shape the chapter is really exciting to these females who onboarded right away. You know, what's interesting about your story, if I remember your story, is that you did a lot of hunting when you were younger and not as much fishing. Usually it's the other way around. You start out fishing and then you get into hunting. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we we did our fair share of fishing, but um, the memories that stick out the most, at least, are are the hunting adventures. You know, I think going to the dock and catching a bunch of perch as a kid is fun, but it doesn't stand out like going out in the field with your dad. I'm holding a gun. I could shoot a deer today. Um, so I think it, you know, apples and oranges, of course, but but adventures nonetheless. Yeah. So no deer yet for you? Not this season. It's This is the f- first time in many, many, maybe a decade I've been skunked in rifle season. Did, did you see any? I did. I saw, I had a nice, well, it was a young eight-point buck I passed on in the first hour of opening morning. And I was trying to do the responsible thing and let it grow. Trail cams are a wonderful tool, but also evil because I knew there were four others that were older and would be better to harvest. Um, but uh, then just a couple does and yearlings and, and I passed and passed and passed. And now I get to try muzzle loading. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot of people, a lot of people really into muzzle loading. You know, I've only sat one afternoon so far, but just the experience of loading your one shot i mean it was cool so i i might be hooked we'll see <laughs> so where do you hunt generally just north of town uh, my in-laws have some property up there so thankfully we're able to spread out our deer stands <laughs> and and hunt a couple different fields how many deer have you harvested in your life Oh, man. Now you're going to age me, I suppose. <laughs> um, I would say close to a dozen, if not a little, somewhere around a dozen. Okay. Yeah. Um, when it comes to um, the, the edibles, tell us a little bit about that. What what makes you interested in that? I think finding something in the woods and bringing it home and eating it is so interesting. Because so many of these things, when you see them in the woods, look gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've had some of the tastiest mushrooms 
I I could ever imagine stuff you'd get gourmet at a restaurant. Um, and I picked it from the woods, like I could survive in the woods, you know. <laughs> so that's, I think, just part of being aware of the environment and Mother Nature and being thankful for where we live. Um, it just is exemplified in foraging. You know, and I've talked to Matt Brewer many times. I don't think the guy even has to have a grocery bill. I mean, he pretty much <laughs> could live off the grid if he had to. Oh, he could, as long as he had electricity for his freezers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. He's very, very smart. And and most all of, all of the wild edible stuff I've learned from him, um, the hunting and stuff I brought with me, but... I learn I learn a lot from Matt. So deer hunting, we've talked mainly, but you do it all. You do the ducks and grouse and turkeys and all that? Yep. Turkey hunting is fun. I think duck hunting is probably my favorite. There's something, there's something exhilarating about watching a flock of mallards set into your decoys and knowing it's perfect. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd like to, I've never been pheasant hunting. I'd love to get out and try that trying muzzle loading this year. I'd love to travel, you know, not far, but maybe go west a little and find an elk and I mean there's lots to do if you have the money to do it. So <laughs> Yeah, there is. <laughs> uh, you were also uh part of the extreme huntress and we talked about this before, but uh, let's talk about it again for those who maybe missed it the first time around. You were in an extreme hunters competition, which was a national or international competition? It was international, yep. Every it was open to everybody all over the world. So tell us about how that worked and how you did. I th I I did well. I think I think my crutch again was my uh, social media non I don't know experience. Um, <clears throat> a lot of the voting came from social media voting, and I'm just like I said, not that great at it. So I didn't make the top four. You had to make I made it to the semifinals. You had to make top four in the online voting to make it to the finals to go to Texas to compete. Um, unfortunately, I didn't make that, but another Minnesota fellow huntress did. So that was exciting. Um, I finished right around middle of the pack of everybody, but I was competing against people who do this for a living. So it was humbling and exciting, and I might be back another year. Yeah, you know what, what I find excellent about this is just the, um, the continued acceptance of this. Uh, the fact that you have a platform and, um, you know, I had, I had daughters who just, uh, you know, we did some fishing but just never got as into it as I, I wish they would have. Mm -hmm. But they had me. Now I mean, there's more and more role models out there for, for that next generation. There are and they're all over the Internet and that's what the new generation, that's where they want us to be. So definitely um, it's exciting. Uh, and, and and we're seeing that, I mean, in, in all aspects of the world now, which is good. And, uh, you know, uh, there is no old boys club anymore. There's nothing wrong with the old boys club. <laughs> <laughs> Just as long as some of those boys mingle with the girls club once in a while. Like I said, you know, hunting with your husband and, and I don't have sons, but if I did, I would love to have the opportunity to take them out too. And I don't think it has to be an us or them, but... Mm -hmm. um, I think giving females a platform to get out there and know that you're accepted. You don't have to be a professional. Get out there and do it. Right. Well, I mean, you know, I know lots of guys and I'm among them like to go uh, 
you know, have a camping trip with the guys. Absolutely. And it's cool that the women can do something like that rather than, like you say, the stereotypical, we'll go to a hotel and we'll go shopping. Yes, exactly. Yep, the guys can go on their boys-only pheasant hunt and the girls will go on their girls-only whitetail hunt. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What do you hope to see uh, with Terra Hocuff Outdoors in the next year or two? Just the continued expansion, just getting in more women's ears um, or on their eyes, I guess, online. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Increasing our presence as females in the industry, in the outdoors. I don't by any means see myself making a professional shift to a career in that area, but it's a hobby I'm passionate about. And the more women and girls and even guys who have daughters, anybody – that I can expose to this lifestyle, this hobby, this passion, that's my goal. Okay. If people want to follow you and see what you're all about, uh, how do they do that? <laughs> well, I'm on Facebook <laughs> and Instagram and I think Twitter too, um, Tara Hokuf Outdoors. Um, I also, you can email me if anybody has questions about the well-armed woman or extreme huntress or anything that's going on. Um, you can email it's T-W-A-W-B-M-I-G-M-N at gmail.com. And I'm the one who responds to that. So okay. email me your questions. Connect with me. I'd love to take you out. Um, yeah, lots of adventures await. Okay. What was the email address again? T-W-A-W-B-M-I-G-M-N at gmail.com. Okay. And uh, if they want to follow you on Facebook, just to search for Tara Hokuff Outdoors? Yep. Yep. Thankfully, Hokuf is not a super common last name, <laughs> so you shouldn't have trouble finding me. H-O-K-U-F, by the way. Yes. All right. Tara Hokuf joining us today on uh, Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, talking about Tara Hokuf Outdoors, the well-armed woman, new Bemidji chapter, and her adventures in Extreme Huntress. It's always good to have you in, Tara. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thanks so much, Kev. This has been Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Hear it exclusively on KBUNFM 104.5, Thursdays at 1240 and Saturday mornings at 8. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 2. I could see beyond the Black Hills and the way they called for exploration. I could feel the air, the way it paints against skin and fills hungry lungs. I could hear the way the water ran for miles and the way the bison grazed, the way our boots meet the earth as we step past expected. I could imagine my time in South Dakota, and I wish to go back, because there's so much South Dakota, so little time. If you own a small to medium-sized business that kept employees on payroll through COVID, you may have a big cash refund waiting for you. The Employee Retention Credit is a tax credit of up to $26,000 per employee. And now, more businesses than ever qualify. The experts at RefundsPro.com specialize in cutting through the red tape of qualifying for this government program. Most of their refunds are over $100,000. Even businesses that have received PPP funds may be eligible. And there are absolutely no fees unless you receive a refund, so there's no reason not to apply. If your business experienced shutdowns, limited capacity, supply chain challenges, or reduced revenue due to COVID, you likely qualify. RefundsPro.com has already helped hundreds of businesses, so don't lose the refund you're owed by missing the deadline. Get started today with a free 5-minute questionnaire at RefundsPro.com. That's Refunds with an S, Pro.com.